Hello and welcome to the Help Me Understand podcast. Help Me Understand is a weekly podcast that explores the context behind the things that we experience from day to day. With topics ranging from personal development to parenting to health and fitness and more, join me, your host, J.K. McLeod, as I share my thoughts and also host conversations that are meant to encourage you to say, help me understand, in an effort to add perspective to the things we experience in everyday life. Welcome back to another episode of the Help Me Understand podcast. I'm your host, J.K., and I'm taking a little bit of a different uh, different approach to the Friday Four this week because for the first time ever, the Friday Four are all going to be pretty much related to one particular topic. So I wanted to, and I'll give some context about this in just a minute, I wanted to really center the Friday Four around four things that I would do differently if I were to start back over with working with a coach. So in previous in a previous episode, I had talked about um, something that I would potentially do differently. It was like a Q&A sort of thing. So one of the questions was, what would you do differently if you were to start your health and fitness journey all over again or something like that? And um, what I wanted to do today is actually take a little bit of a different spin on that and be a little bit more specific on four things that I would do differently if I were to start back over with specifically with working with a one-on-one coach or trainer or nutrition coach, like that sort of a thing. However, before getting into that, I do, uh, this is a totally different topic. I do want to start off by um, just giving some props to my son, Mason, who has decided to start his own podcast. So if you listen to this podcast to help me understand podcast regularly, then you're already aware that the last couple of episodes has a- have actually been a conversation with myself and Mace. And for context, Mace is my 10-year-old son who has a deep love for all things sports. So the whole the way the whole story goes is that quite a while back, he said that he wanted to come onto the podcast and then didn't have anything specific necessarily that he wanted to talk about. So that was kind of like the um, the sticking point or the barrier was he didn't feel like he had something specific to talk about. And then one day it just kind of clicked like, yo, why don't you come on and just talk about sports? And now um, we've created kind of a monster in a good way here. So uh, that has escalated to him having his own, his own podcast. So I do want to um, start off with giving him a shout out and also encouraging you to take a listen to his podcast right now it is exclusively on spotify and i could pretend that that's um, some grand story about some exclusive partnership that we have Uh, as my grandfather would say how be ever that is not the case what it is actually is that right now um, the podcasting platform or software that i use has changed since i started this podcast so i have not figured out how to get his podcast on any other platform other than Spotify. So I'm working on that. Um, so my job as a, a producer, I'm kind of failing at that right now. But you know what, we all got to start somewhere and um, he's not paying me real well to do it. So um, anyways, his podcast, it's called Kids Talk Sports. So he uh, just released his second episode today as of when this one releases. So he has two episodes out so far. Uh, I think they're around 10 to 15 minutes each where he 
He does everything pretty much on his own from start to finish. Um, he is learning the ropes as far as uh, some of the challenges with just sitting down, pressing play or pressing record um, and just talking in a microphone to a computer screen or a wall. So it's been um, a pretty cool thing to watch so far. And um, I'm excited and encouraged to continue to support his endeavor there. So again, if you have a moment and um, you'd like to listen to him riff on his opinions or perspectives and predictions, that's his big thing right now is predictions in the world of sports, then hop on to Spotify, look up a podcast called Kids Talk Sports. And I think if you type in Kids Talk Sports and then Mason, M-A-S-O-N, that's how you can get him uh, get his podcast to come up. And from what the analytics tell me, I have a good chunk of parents who listen to this particular podcast. So perhaps you might find that if you have kids that are also um, athletically inclined who like to listen to uh, so far some stuff about the men's final four, and then the episode he just released today was... Um, Predictions. That's what it was. Predictions for the 2023 Major League Baseball season. Then um, I'd encourage you to let them listen. Maybe it's something you guys can listen to in the car on the way to maybe your sporting event that you've got going on with them. Uh, I can promise you that it's 100% clean, doesn't use any bad language or anything like that. He's just, he's a kid that loves sports and has generated an interest in being able to share that. And he has some pretty cool future plans on possibly having some guests and some different things like that. So I uh, wanted to start off with just a quick plug for Mace and his podcast. All right, so let's go ahead and get into today's topic. So as I mentioned right off the top, uh, today's Friday 4 centered around four things that if I were to start back over working with a one-on-one -on -one coach, whether it be for nutrition or training, uh, for personal training, nutrition, anything along those lines, four things that I would do differently. So this could really be reframed as like a learn from learn from things that I did so that perhaps it can make the road a bit smoother for you or you can be a bit more prepared. So whether you're somebody who has never worked with a coach before and you're considering working with one or you're someone who currently is working with a coach like myself. I mean, I, I still have coaches. Uh, so if you're currently working with a coach and you're thinking to yourself, you know what, this is something that maybe I could do a little bit differently. This could really be um, possibly for some, it could be an effective list on how to be more coachable because I think that these things um, have made me more coachable now than I was when um, when I first started along the path into um, having a coach who helped me with personal training, who helped me with nutrition. So I will, as promised, give a little bit more context into why uh, this is more front of mind for me right now. So as of the time that this will release, and you know, one of the great thing about podcasts is that once they're out there, they're out there. So some people may be listening more in like quote unquote real time. And then some people are listening way later as of when this releases, it'll be March 31st, 2023. And right around this time of the year marks um, essentially like an anniversary for me. So if you don't know a lot about my backstory in 
my pursuit in health, fitness, and nutrition, really where it started to take off was around two th- around this time of year in 2010. So this now marks about 13-ish years of me being purposely committed to going to the gym and starting to intentionally take control of my fitness and my nutrition. So um, I I will very, very efficiently recap that how my whole journey, like my actual journey, like my intentional journey here really started was around the end of 2009-ish when I had lost my, um, or I'm sorry, 2009-ish when I um, was given free passes to go to a gym. So my wife brought home some free passes for a string of local gyms in the St. Louis area. Um, I decided to go ahead and take her up on that and go just kind of, I just kind of dabbled, you know, went a couple of times here and there over the next few months. And what happened is that at the turn of the year, then going into right around February slash March of the following year. So this would have been, I believe around 2010, um, don't sue me here. Like, give me, give me like a one year swing. But around 2010, I ended up being let go from my full time job. And while I was in the midst of trying to find an additional full time job, I promised myself that I wasn't going to be lazy. I wasn't going to let myself be super complacent during the day. I still worked a part time job in the evening. Um, I still picked up uh, our daughter, uh, who was in daycare at the time. And so I had a couple of things still kind of going for me, but the part-time job that I was working was at a bar. So I wasn't going into work until at the earliest, like 7 PM. So I had all day to do whatever. And I made it my job to look for employment. So I was hopping on LinkedIn and trying to connect with folks, working on my resume. And then I made going to the gym part of my job. So really for me, right around like late February, March of every year is really a time that I become a bit more introspective and reflect a lot on where I currently am because uh, my pursuit of health and fitness really was was cemented right around that time. Um, it really helped me more more mentally than it did physically as I really think about it. I'm kind of processing it as I'm talking. It definitely helped me more mentally than it did physically. I just remember thinking to myself like, hey, you're not going to be one of those people who just kind of sits around and is like wallowing in the pity party about like losing your job. I had not expected to get, I mean, I got fired. So I had not expected that to happen or anything like that. And I figured I can at least, uh, I can either spend my time complaining and uh, blaming um, other people for what just happened, or I can I can still be pissed about it and I can move forward and continue to take the next step and control what I can control, um, which was just simply going to be my effort and what I would take that time to do. So I figured if I now have this time available to me, then let me go ahead and actually commit to uh, actually continuing to go to the gym and go more often, things like that. So that is the context into why this comes more front of mind for me around this time of the year more than any other time. So four things that I would do differently if I were to start back over specifically with an individual coach. So the way that things went for me is that I pretty much started when I started going to the gym, uh, I was making up 
uh, kind of following a routine from a couple of magazines and then the Men's Health Big Book of Exercises, and then also making some adjustments to those based on particular areas that I maybe thought I wanted to work on a bit more. Um, pretty much anything that had like was designed that had cardio in it. I pretty much like minimize that. That's still something that hasn't really changed. I'm not like a massive fan of like uh, running programs and different things like that for myself. And there's, I've talked about this pretty extensively on podcasts and my friend Kelly Lutz and I um, coaching Klutz is what she goes by on Instagram, who she is a strength and running coach. So we've joked about that and we still do continue to joke about that with um, me and how I feel about running for myself. Um, but when I first started out, I had the men's health, big book of exercises. I had muscle and fitness magazine. Um, I think those were like the two main sources that I would pull workouts of. And then I would primarily just follow along with those and make adjustments where I thought, um, I saw fit to make adjustments. I was doing this with absolutely no like actual, base of knowledge at any at that point. So I I wasn't anywhere near as knowledgeable. I wasn't certified as a personal trainer or anything at that point. I currently am now, but at, back then I wasn't. So I was basically making adaptations and changing things and things like that. So what happened is I ended up um, obtaining a full-time job. So I was able to stay consistent in the gym. Then I went um, back to working full-time and because I had already established that rhythm of going to the gym, uh, then I was able to keep that going. And that's actually something that I, I want to kind of sidebar here for a quick moment. At the time that I first started going to the gym, consistency for me at that time pretty much looked like going every day. And I talked about this on a recent episode with you know, at first I was somebody who didn't really take a whole lot of rest days and things like that. I'm not going to, you know, go off into yet another sidebar there, but consistency for me at that point did look like going to the gym six, seven, most of the time, seven days per week, because that also was the window of, of time that I had. I mean, I had not, I did not have a full-time job. My primary responsibilities at that point were to, um, drop off and or pick up our daughter from daycare at the time, and then to go to my part-time job, which at the earliest would start at 7 p.m., but usually didn't start till 8 or 9 p.m., and it was a bar, so I was getting out of work at 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning. At the time, sleep my sleep pattern was pretty, pretty light, so I didn't really sleep much, so I was pretty much functioning at that time, felt like I was functioning fine on four, maybe five hours of sleep. So it wasn't a problem for me to get back up in the morning and all that good stuff. So I say that just to say, I knew that I wasn't necessarily going to be able to keep the same sort of schedule um, that I had when I was just employed part-time when I went back to work with a full-time job. And PS, I decided to keep the part-time job when I went back to working full-time. So I was working full-time and part-time. So I knew that my definition of consistency would have to change. And I wanted to make sure that I was still going to be consistent, whatever that meant at that time, be consistent when I decided or when I was able to reobtain full-time employment. So really, I just changed the time of the day that I went and then wasn't going as often, which as often basically went from six to seven days a week down to five to six days a week. So I was hooked at that point. So after um, after working for, I'd say, 
I was probably back working full-time for about three to four months. And then I'm going to the gym and kind of doing things on my own. I had a coworker uh, who was also a personal trainer uh, who, sorry, let me backtrack a coworker from my previous job. So the previous company I worked for that I had been let go from someone that I knew there, she was a personal trainer while we worked together. And the funny thing is I always would um, kind of joke with her and make fun of her for getting up so early because she would teach like a spin class or something like that at like 5 a.m. and then come into work um, to open the store. And we opened at like 10 o'clock or something along those lines. And I would always tell her she was nuts and she was crazy for getting up that early. And then now fast forward, you know, 12, 13 years later, I usually get up around like four o'clock in the morning. So I guess she's the one who had the last laugh there. So um, as I was able to um, gain full-time employment, felt like I had a little bit more money in the bank and things like that. I was like, hmm, let me let me kind of entertain the option of maybe going to see this person as a personal trainer. So basically, like, let me let me try and check out. Maybe I should go see so go see her. And I remember one of the first things, and so this would be the piece number one. One of the things that I thought is that first, let me get into a little bit better shape before I try to reach out and get a personal trainer. So that would be one of the first things that I would do differently. I thought that I needed to be in better shape before going to see a personal trainer. So while I had already been training um, on my own for a handful of months, I'd say at that point, we're probably at the six to seven months range, let's say six to eight months. I felt like I needed to be in better shape before I went to go see a personal trainer. And I can tell you that now in hindsight, um, that definitely wasn't the case. So I, what I did do differently is I started not necessarily um, freelancing as much um, on the workout programs that I was doing. I would try and stick with those a little bit more because I knew um, or I assumed, hey, when I do go see a personal trainer, um, they're not going to necessarily let me just dictate what's going to be done. I'm going to have to do whatever they tell me to do. So I've got to at least get in the mindset of most of these workouts. If it's got some certain movement that I don't want to do, I'm just going to have to suck it up and figure out how to do it anyway. So um, really from a mindset standpoint, that was fantastic because I was at least getting in the mindset of like, Hey, you're going to have to be open to taking direction and doing things that you don't necessarily want to do. However, a mistake that I made was making the false assumption. Maybe that's a better phrase. A false assumption I had is that I would need to be in better shape before I started working with a trainer. So that is uh, thing number one that I would do differently is I would drop this feeling of I have to meet some certain level of expectation uh, from a physical fitness standpoint before going to see the trainer. And one of the things that also I would contribute to that thought process or I would that I would add to that is it can be helpful to start working with a personal trainer and a coach earlier in the in your journey because it's less time that you are starting to develop habits that will then potentially need to be broken um, especially when it comes to form for exercises so if i think about something potentially like deadlifting like that's the one that comes to mind for me just because when i'm working with folks sometimes that can be one of the more complicated movements and that was you know from my my experience doing in person training to now being 100% remote and virtual 
um, that can be one of the more difficult things to really, when you're working with somebody trying to break down deadlift technique, just because there's a lot of moving parts, like literally a lot of moving parts to that particular movement. So the earlier that you can start working with someone, the better, because you have less of, less of, a a chance of having bad form and bad habits that then need to be corrected and different things like that. And I would also suggest if you are completely new, like completely new to any sort of strength training or anything like that, um, I would strongly recommend first working with somebody in person. I do understand that not everybody is in the situation to do something like that. Not everybody has the resources or the means to do so. So if you are uh, someone who's potentially looking to do something like that, and you're just a complete beginner, like brand spanking new. I recently did an episode um, with Mark Breeden, and that is an area that, uh, from my perspective, he very much specializes in, is working with folks who are very, very, very new to strength training. So I would um, scroll back a couple of episodes and check him out. His name is Mark Breeden. Um, he does some fantastic work remotely with folks that are very, very new to strength training. So all right, that would be part number one or thing number one, bullet point one is thinking that I needed to be in better shape first. All right, uh, the second thing that I thought, so the second incorrect assumption that I have or mistake that I made is that it was gonna cost me more than what I could afford to work with a personal trainer. So this one I do understand can be, can and is really individual. So the challenge that I would present on this is that I didn't even inquire how much it would cost for me to do personal training. I mean, and when I say didn't even inquire, I made zero effort. I didn't even Google. And yes, Google was around at the time, 13 years ago. Um, I'm assuming, yeah, it was there. Because if we had LinkedIn, we had Google. I didn't even try to look up on the internet or anything like that, how much it would cost to work with a personal trainer. And um, I just decided that that was going to be a barrier for me. So that delayed when I when I started also. Now, that is um, why I want to definitely reiterate that that's individual is that that is definitely something that is very different depending on the person that you're working with, depending on the type of program they have, depending on the education and the background that they have, the years of experience. So um, there is definitely a very wide scale when it comes to what's affordable for some and what's not affordable for others. What my point is in sharing this is just from my personal experience, I decided to let that hold me back with absolutely no knowledge of what I was talking about. And I came to find out that um, two main things. Number one, it was more affordable than I thought it was. So I had told myself that it was probably going to cost me $100 or more per hour to work out with a personal trainer. So in the situation that I was in, when I approached my friend, my former coworker to work with her so that I could get an understanding of, you know, getting to the next level with my goals a couple times a week, number one, it didn't cost that much at that time. Now she may be charging that much now, and she certainly would be worth it. She's a wealth of knowledge. Um, what she did is she actually offered semi-private options where it wasn't just me one-on-one, -on -one, it would be myself and maybe two other people. We all had our own individualized workouts, things that were specialized to us. She was there along every step of the, step of the way to provide direction, feedback, 
uh, motivation, like all of those different things, form correction, advice, some counseling, just all sorts of stuff along the way. And um, that's something that I would definitely say I felt like really held me back because I had this incorrect assumption that I just couldn't afford it. And keep in mind, again, I made no effort to actually figure out whether I could or not. I just told myself it's just too expensive. One other piece that I'll add to this one is that um, when I actually sat down to look at it, say if it was something that had cost as much as I thought that it would have, as I look back at it now, uh, there were definitely things that I was putting money towards that were not benefiting me in the long run. Like they were not in alignment with the vision that I had for myself as someone who was going to be someone who lived a fairly healthy lifestyle, who did care about their, um, their level of fitness, who did care about their health and different things like that. So really just kind of two bullet points under this one is one, if you, if you do feel like it's too expensive first, make sure that you actually know what you're talking about. Cause I didn't at the time. So do your research to at least get an understanding of the price range that you're looking at. Then the other bullet point underneath this one would be also take a look at price versus value. And this is something that I, I will talk with folks about here and there is there's the price of something. So there's just the sticker price, the tag price, whatever that is. And then there's the value and the value of something is how much that really means to you. Like what you're willing to really, what you're willing to pay because of the benefit that you'll gain from that particular thing. So an example that I'll use like a real time example is there are certain things that I definitely value more than others. So headphones are a great example. It's going to be a little off the wall, but I value headphones quite a bit. I use headphones all the time. Um, typically when I'm training, like my sound and my music is like everything. I really enjoy a great pair of headphones. So if you were to tell me that a pair of headphones was $150, the price is $150. The value of those though is worth more than $150 to me. Then there's other things that I'm not necessarily all that into. Um, TVs are a great example too. So you could tell me that a particular TV cost a thousand. Well, actually, let's say a particular TV costs five thousand dollars. I don't really care what that TV does. I don't see for myself individually. I don't see as much value in paying that much for something like that because it's not something that I spend a lot of time watching content on. The majority of the time, if I watch content, I'm typically watching it on my iPad at my desk while I'm doing other things. So that's that's kind of a random example of the difference between price and value and how it relates to me and how I was thinking about training, one-on-one um, -on -one training at the time. So that was my second piece is I thought that it would cost a whole lot more than what I could afford. All right. And now um, the last two, which really could kind of be combined together. Uh, so bullet point number three, I thought that uh, as a client, I would probably be best off only sharing my wins. So this was um, really more when I started to get into working with a nutrition coach uh, when I first did that. So this would be probably back in 2013, I want to say. Yeah, I think this would be like around 2013 to 2015, somewhere around that range. When I first started working um, with a nutrition coach, 
I came up with this story that I told myself that anytime I was sharing something, it pretty much needed to be the wins. So um, I wouldn't, it's not that I would completely check out or ghost the person. Um, what I would do is pretty much, I would only share when things were going really, really well. So it would be something like, you know, yeah, I hit all my uh, macro goals. Yep. I um, was able to, you know, lift heavier. Yes. I was able to do that. And I wouldn't really share anything that either seemed like neutral or anything that seemed fairly negative. So uh, I will definitely say that now, now that I've learned and now that I'm on the other side of, um, of the computer screen, it definitely is not something that I feel like was, was helpful in the process that I would only share the wins and not really share uh, things that I was struggling with. I would also not really ask a ton of questions. I was very much a like, okay, well, if you say that that's what I'm supposed to do, that's what I'm supposed to do. Now, a couple of things as I'm kind of thinking about it and talking my way through it, a couple of things that really stand out to me are that uh, my coaches picked up on that. So when I was only sharing wins, what would be interesting is a couple of weeks would go by and then the coach would say like, hey, you know, it's it's great that you got all these wins and different things like that. I'm kind of curious, though, uh, is there anything that you're that you feel like is not going well? Like, what are your struggles and things like that? And I wouldn't I, I mean, I just wouldn't share. I'd just be like, no, nah, everything's good. And there would be things that I had questions on and things that I was struggling with. And the story I was telling myself is I can probably try to figure some of these things out before I default to asking my coach. And now it's much more along the lines of ask questions first so that you can work through those things with your coach. So I say that also as a coach and then me as a client, that is definitely way more to where I default. So even if it's direction that I've been given and I have any sort of question about that particular direction. At this point, usually it's more of like me asking to dig a little bit more into the, like the context behind the direction that I'm being given. Um, and also uh, just so I can get an understanding of making sure I'm on the, the right page and understanding and aligning with, okay, I see why you're making that particular decision. And yep, now it's my job to go out and execute, totally get it. Um, and it's been very helpful for me also to question things because just because a coach gives you a particular direction doesn't mean that they expect that you immediately understand why they're doing something. So there would be times where a coach would say like, Hey, I'm going to drop your carbs, you know, 50 grams this week. And then I would reach back out and be like, okay, yeah, I, I that totally makes sense. And then come to find out like two or three weeks later, the reason they made the decision and why I thought they made the decision two completely different things. So it's not that it wasn't the right decision. It's just getting an understanding of why they made that decision and my understanding of that. So that all goes back to be as open as you possibly can, like default to sharing the information about what you've got going on. Your great coaches are not, not in this business because they're only wanting to work with people when everything is going absolutely great. Like that's definitely just not, not the case, not as far as like great coaches go. So that's uh, thing number three that I would say is an error that I made in the past is only sharing. Um, I thought I would only share when things were going really well. So the other stuff, it was more like I had a don't ask, don't tell policy. 
uh, where I was just like, well, unless they really ask, I'm just going to say like, yep, everything's great. So fortunately, I worked with folks that pretty much sniffed that out pretty quickly and got that taken care of. All right. And then the last one, which I think um, is pretty relatable to the last or linked to the last bullet point that I made is in working with an individual coach, there were definitely times where I thought that I was probably their only client that was having any sort of a struggle. And this one can be like the phrase slippery slope came to mind, and I'm not sure that that's the accurate one, but it's the first one that came to mind. So I'm just going to verbalize it. This one can be a slippery slope slash just kind of a tough one because one of the really solid benefits of working with a coach one-on-one -on -one is that one-on-one -on -one individualized approach to what you're doing. They get to, they get an understanding of your life and how you ebb and flow and your rhythm and kind of what your idiosyncrasies are. Um, they get a pretty good handle on being able to call you out on your BS. It's just a bogus stuff, you know, all that stuff. One of the things that from my perspective can be a challenge with working one-on-one -on -one with a coach is that sometimes you can miss the power of community unless there is a community that is set up. And, you know, side note, shameless plug, like that's one of the reasons that I do enjoy the partnership that I do have with Pop Peak Optimization Performance, which I've talked about in the past. And right now that's like the main avenue if you're interested in any of the, the training programs that I build. They're now at this point exclusively available through a group option with Pop. Um, but I I really appreciate the fact that now there is like a forum, whether it's a community Facebook group or inside our pop app or whatever the case may be, where people can communicate with each other, even when they have a one-on-one -on -one coach and get an understanding for knowing that they're not the only one who, who might be struggling with a certain thing. They're not the only one who might be feeling a certain way. And let me kind of re kind of, um, get myself kind of back in line with what I was talking about. So when I would think that I was the only client that was struggling, um, even when I would get to the point where I would share something that was going on, something that I was confused about or something where I was just like, man, I am getting really frustrated with myself that I just don't seem to be able to execute this with it within the time frame that I expected to get this figured out, like not necessarily the result, but just being able to, to gain that level of consistency. My coaches would tell me all the time, like, yeah, you know, you're not the only one. I, I wish you could talk to this person and that person and things like that. And those were things that were very helpful to me uh, for them to be able to say like, well, let me kind of give you another example without breaking confidentiality. Let me give you another example of another client that I'm working with. And they would kind of share like, Hey, this particular person also has a lifestyle, very similar, this level of responsibility at work and then at home and different kind of irons in the fire. And so here's something that, that we've also been doing there. So it was helpful to have really that harmony of they understood me as an individual and they also let me know that I wasn't alone. And that particularly is very front of mind for me right now with some conversations that I've had with um, with my small group of like one-on-one -on -one clients, some of the folks that I've been talking to and in communicating with them. And even just a couple of weeks ago and having a conversation with one person in particular that comes to mind, and we were just talking about a particular situation uh, that the individual was working their way through. And it was something that we talked about because it had a direct effect on where their stress levels were and then 
linking that to where their appetite was and then linking that to the energy that they did or in this case didn't have to perform in the gym. And as we were talking about it, I had shared with them, again, maintaining confidentiality because um, I, to me, that's something that's super important. Um, I shared with them, I just want to share with you, you know, there's, I, I've got a couple of other folks, very similar sorts of situations going on. So while some of the details may be different, the the bones of the of the issue that you're dealing with right now, very much the same. So I just need to let you know, you're not like on an island and you're not alone on this. And they even responded with, you know, I think that's just what I needed to hear is you're not alone. You're not the only one. And I think that that's something that is kind of can be really encouraging for folks. And also it's just that reminder to me as a client to remember that um, it's up to me to communicate to my coach, like when I'm struggling or when I'm really just having an issue with something. And then hopefully they can help me try to understand that I'm not a unicorn. I'm not by myself. I'm not alone. And it's not about me needing to dig into 53 other sources and start reading 15 other posts. I trust my coach to be able to then bring some other experience into it from their perspective and their scope, working with a lot of other people, and then be able to help me have that feeling of, you know what, not only are you not alone because I'm here working with you, you're not alone because I can tell you that the story that you have is very similar to a couple of other folks. So we can, you know, we have a bank of knowledge and experience to work through. So that that was the last thing that I wanted to share. So just to quickly recap these, um, the four things that I would do differently. So number one, um, I would let go of that feeling that I needed to be in better shape before I first worked with a personal trainer. Uh, number two, I would let go of this assumption that something costs more that I could than I could afford when I hadn't even done any research to begin with. Um, number three, I would let go of the story that I was telling myself that I should probably only share my wins because that's pretty much all my coach wants to hear about. And then the last one is let go of this false assumption that I'm the only client that my, my coach has who has any sort of a struggle or difficulty um, and be able to lean into uh, the expertise and the experience and the scope of my coach. So those are the four things I wanted to pass on. So if you have been listening this long, I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up. I do really appreciate it. Um, again, this is just that time of the year for me where I reflect on a handful of things that are really related to my health and fitness and nutrition pursuit. It is, um, it's one that Lord willing, um, I don't plan on, on letting go of anytime soon. It's paid, uh, more, more benefits and dividends than I could have ever hoped. And, uh, when I take the time to go back and reflect on where I started and where I am now, and then all of the, the experiences in between then to now. So, you know, it's, for me, it's not a before and after it's a then, and then now, uh, it's that, that reminder of me for me of expressing some gratitude for the experiences that I've had and hopefully the ones that uh, that I will have going forward in the future. So with that, this has been another episode of the Help Me Understand podcast. If you do have any sort of you know comments, questions, any sort of feedback, uh, easiest way to communicate with me, drop me a DM on Instagram. My 
uh, profile name is Coach JK McLeod. So it's Coach JK and then McLeod is spelled M-C-L-E-O-D. So thanks again for listening to another episode. Take care and we'll talk to you next week.